0: Welcome to the Deep Work Podcast with Anthony Luccarini. My name is Anthony Lucarini. This is season two, and we're just so glad that you are joining us today. Today, we've got one of my favorite people in the world to learn from. I got to sit under his leadership for a few years um, back in my college days and my post-grad days, and honestly, I've still just been clinging to the things that he's taught me back then, and that still impacted me today and will continue to impact me going forward. Today, my guest is Adam Donier. What's up, Adam? What's up, Anthony? Thanks for having me. Dude, pumped to have you on here. Um, And I'm serious when I say that, like, man, just some of, even just the little phrases, like I've totally stolen your phrase, uh, she may be hot, but so is hell. And that always gets a good response. Uh, Things like that have totally just uh, blessed my ministry. And uh, yeah, I've stolen a lot from you in that way. So thank you for that. Um, Would love to just introduce you to the people that don't know you. Can you just share maybe three quick facts about who you are?
1: Yep. I live in Hillbilly, Vegas, also known as Branson, Missouri. I've been married 12 years to my much better half, uh, <laughs> Stephanie. And I got two kiddos, two boys, eight and six. And if I could bottle my six-year-old's
0: energy, I would put Red Bull out of business. So <laughs> That's awesome. Living the dream, That's man. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dude hillbilly vegas that place has blessed me i've been trying to get my wife to to go out there with me for the last couple years i'm like liz you have to go to branson missouri it's incredible she's like no i'd rather go anywhere else and uh but dude it's so cool out there one thing that i miss from there is the rec basketball league it's a good competitive league league i played out there while i was at ki and uh you know they've got the multiple brackets of like the upper league and the middle league and the lower league we played middle have you are you still winning in that upper league I've retired. There's too many Uncle Rico's wow. in that league for me. So we've
1: had, we've had to retire. You got, you got oh, a, man, my salvation is more important.
0: So I've had, I've had yeah. to hang them up. So <laughs> that's probably wise. <laughs> that's what I've been trying to start down here is a old man league. And uh, cause I'm becoming an old man myself, at least my knees think so. Um, dude, the basketball is still a huge part of your life. I get to share with everybody down here. I always brag about linkier. Um, will you just share with the people more than I can really just what Link Year is as well as the Link Year prep uh, basketball team programs?
1: Yeah. So my sweet wife and I founded Link Year 10 years ago and I was a high school educator and basketball coach. And I, 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 and I was at a private Christian school. And so I noticed a lot of kids weren't ever owning their faith. And so it was just the school's faith, their mom and dad's faith or their youth past. Faith, and so God started laying on my heart. What, what if we created a program outside of high school that would give kids the opportunity to really wrestle with why they believe what they believe, and own their faith? Kind of in that moment when Jacob wrestles with God, his hip gets dislocated, and that wrestling just brought a new ownership to who he was as a man. And so the safety of being out of mom and dad's nest, getting wrestled with real questions, and not getting thrown to the frat parties and the sorority scene and everything else. And so we launched Link Year 10 years ago, and it's a nine-month discipleship gap year program, traditionally called Gap Year. I didn't want to call it a gap year because gap has a negative connotation, like something's missing in that gap. A link is a transition. A link connects one thing to another. And so that's why it was called Link Year from the beginning. Upon starting that, a couple years after that, uh, with my passion of basketball and playing basketball in college and just how much has been a part of my testimony, and how God has used it to protect me from so many other evils. I wanted to start a basketball program, and it's crazy what it has become, where it has become, um, with 32 current Division One players from our program, with one current NBA player from our program, and 11 more this year going to Division One. So it's old passion with starting the basketball program, Anthony was always the Tim Tebow mindset. And and what I mean by that is when he was at Florida, he had the largest platform on the University of Florida's campus. And as a believer, he used that influence so well. And I'm still convinced to this day that no one has a larger platform on collegiate campuses than the athletes do, specifically the football and the basketball arena. And so I had a vision and a passion that we would equip these basketball players that come through link and they would be ambassadors for Christ, Mm -hmm. not only on their teams, but on their campuses. And we're seeing some of that. And it is really cool to see. Now I'm not going to tell you every player leaves here and is living for Christ on campus, but a lot of them are, and a lot of them because of their platform and influence are making significant impacts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's been so cool to keep up with just from, multiple aspects of going and following those guys and seeing the way they are, you know, just following them when they come into the program and just by the way they post, you know, on social media and like, okay, wow, beginning they're this guy by the end, man, they are giving credit to the Lord. It's been fun to keep up with your NBA guy. Cause the year that, um, that he was with link, that's the year I did the Canna Institute. So we were on the same campus sharing the gym. I was using it for, to get some exercise in, he was using it to work on his craft and just watching these guys work, watching that dude go to work on the court, man. He was unguardable. I think he still is unguardable, um, you know, putting up numbers in the NBA, but man, I I love that vision. I love just the, the depth of that. It's not just, you know, one fat it's multifaceted. It's let's bring them in. Let's, you know, just the, the idea behind link. That's, that's incredible. Um, Something me and you have been talking about a little bit is discipleship and just what that, what that really Is what that really looks like? Maybe the misconceptions on that. Man, can you just share with me, maybe in this context with with Linkier or just doing life with some of these basketball players, man, just what discipleship should look like? What Jesus models to us as what discipleship really is? Just, man, go off on that for a second, just the way that you've seen it in the context that you're in. Yeah, so basketball is a tool for discipleship.
1: Being a lawyer is a tool for discipleship. Being yeah. a business owner is a tool for discipleship, right? So if Jesus meant what he said, which he did in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples. Yeah. That, that what, there's no asterisk next to that saying if you're in full-time ministry yeah. or if, if you're in the church. No, that, that was to every believer and follower of Jesus Christ, period, end of discussion. So for for me, I I think when I look at the way Jesus lived and modeled discipleship, the best discipler ever to live, that it was so much of life on life. Yes, he taught them accurate, accurate, sound theology. Yes, he walked them through the scriptures. But so much more of that was life on life. They saw the way Jesus treated people. They saw the way he interacted with people they didn't like. He saw the way he was patient. He saw the way he didn't stand for sin. He saw the way he called out sin. And so I think so much of discipleship is walking alongside people and keeping them back towards the truth, which is God's word, and modeling it in our own lives. And remember, part of modeling, so many people think, man, I got to be this super spiritual giant to be able to disciple people. So much of modeling good discipleship is actually owning your junk. The most powerful thing yeah. I do as a coach to my players is when I blow it, when I get frustrated, if I get mad about something, if I don't follow through with something, and saying, hey, fellas, will you forgive me? I blew it. Now I'm discipling an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, Anthony. And the most powerful thing I do with discipling those boys is when I'm impatient with their mother or I don't do something, I told them, is I get on one knee so I'm at eye level with them and say, hey, your daddy blew it. Will you forgive me? Wow. And what I'm doing in that moment as a dad, as I'm showing them, your dad is fallible and he needs Jesus just as much as I'm telling you, you need Jesus. Yeah. And that is discipleship. Wow. It's not about being this super heady theologian that has all the right answers. It It is walking with Jesus and pointing them to Jesus. Perhaps mm-hmm. Paul said it best when it comes to discipleship in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Follow my example as I follow the example yeah. of Christ. Yeah, That's discipleship.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much, man. And also that takes a lot of weight off me, also adds more weight to me, but takes a lot of weight off me as a student pastor, where I'm like, man, we have this many kids coming through. I can't disciple a hundred kids. I can't I mean, to some extent, okay, look at me, watch me as I model Christ, imitate me, but man, there is so if I can my job is to pull aside Jesus had twelve, he more specifically three, but really twelve. My job is to pull in as many or uh not as many, get as close to as few as I can and watch them have them. Watch me live it out for Christ, but then also make disciples who make disciples. Now you go and you pull aside your three, you pull aside your twelve. You have people that you are pouring into, and that's the role of of I think our current design with student ministry is: Hey, I want to invest in leaders. I want to invest in people who are in different spheres who have different influence than I have, and I allow them to go imitate Christ and allow these students to imitate, you know, Jesus, but or imitate them as they imitate Jesus. So I love that. I love that because I think a lot of weight is placed on me as a pastor, that I'm supposed to go be the savior of, of these parents student when discipleship needs to be taking place in the home, just like you said, needs to be taking place in the church where we have other mentors and leaders. And it really just, there's there's no excuse. You said that's a that's a great commission. That's what Jesus has commissioned believers to do, not just the full-time vocational minister. So that's awesome. I love that. And the question that you know, this podcast is built around is what are you doing privately that's setting you up for success publicly. And you are one of the guys that I have really built this idea around because I've seen you in multiple contexts. I've, I've got to work, work for you, work with you, be taught by you, um, out at, at, uh, Canna where you were the, over basketball and the men's director. And, um, you know, I played at low level JV basketball a little bit. So I got to be one of your, your counselors and coach up some students in, in basketball. And, um, man, I got to see the, the private moments. I got to see you coach one-on-one. I got to see you just invest in the individual and then, you know, see over time how that's just panned out for those students. I think of um, one of the guys who's a seven-footer who's now playing D1. Uh, he was one of the students that, was, uh, that we were coaching. It was so cool to watch you pull him aside and really just invest in his life. And now over the years, that man is, you know, just crushing it for Jesus. So, man, you're the man. And I know that you're too humble to admit that you're the man, but you're the man. You're somebody that I've looked to over time. Um, Now let's get really pragmatic for a second. Um, What does it look like for, I'm thinking one of my small group leaders, I'm thinking somebody in the church who uh, they're really busy right now. They've got kids, they've got a career, they've got a family. How does that person disciple? How does that person find somebody to disciple and really walk through that process? Yeah,
1: I, I think, I think so much of it too, Anthony, is th- there's, there's a lack of hunger for disciples to be discipled. And, and so it, it, I think it's both. So I think the disciple, the Timothy of the Paul has to be willing to meet the Paul on his terms. The reality is if you're a husband and a father and a full-time, the Timothy has way more time on their hands than the Paul and they have to be willing to meet them. If that's 6 30 AM waits, if that's going to the grocery store, if that's running errands with them, like there, there has to be a hunger. And so in, in my experience, and, and I've discipled a lot of young men is is, is if they're disinterested, I'm just going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to initially throw the, the, the net in the water i'm going to initially throw the fishing pole in the water and start reeling in and if they don't bite and they don't want to keep coming in then i'm going to move on and it's not nothing against those kids because i'm showing them that i care Yeah. but, but as much as important as for us to want a disciple and be obedient in discipleship on the other end of that they have to want to be discipled mm. and, and so like think about it peter and andrew left everything to be discipled by yeah. jesus yeah. Like their their livelihood, their income, their nets, they left everything. Matthew left everything at that tax mm. booth to follow Jesus, and so the, the ownership is is just as much on the disciple as it is on the discipler. And so, I, I don't want to sound uh, insensitive, but but the reality is like there are people that want to be discipled, and and so I'm not going to waste what little time I have on this earth chasing down people that don't want
0: to be discipled. Mm. Hmm, that's good. That's good. And I think that goes to something you and I talked about the other day of the correlation between disciple and the word discipline, where there's got to be discipline in discipleship, the two are, are, you know, are married together, it's part of the same word. Um, and with that, man, you, you shared with me just a few things uh, that you're doing uh, to work on your own discipline habits, like, what is the fruit of, of discipline in our individual lives?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think discipline does carry over from sleep to eating to working out to quiet time to everything. And so I just know for me personally, if I become lax or undisciplined in one area of my life, it carries over to another area of life. And so I'm constantly putting things in my life, in my years, in my months, in my weeks that require me to say no. Uh, wh- whether it is watching X amount of TV, whether it is eating a certain food, whether it is drinking a certain liquid. What, like there, there are things I keep placing in my life that I just keep telling myself no to. And, and I take that from Paul, right? In first Corinthians nine, he, he says, Hey, beat your body and make it your slave. And, and so many people think that's about being physically fit. Uh, that's not the context of that at all. What he is saying is like, stay disciplined, like discipline. Uh, I once heard a pastor say, our stomach is like a spoiled child. We give it whatever it wants. Um, and, and, and so like, like, do you know the best way to handle a spoiled child is to discipline it? Hmm. And and so it's the same with our bodies. Like if if I want to achieve a deeper intimate relationship with Christ, that's going to require discipline. Hey, he didn't say if anyone who wants to follow me, do whatever you want, eat whatever you want and be as lazy as you want. No, no, no. He said, if anyone were to follow me, he must take up his cross yeah. and follow me daily, basically saying, you've got to die to yourself every day, that's what Jesus mm. was saying in that moment, yeah. that, that we have to die to ourselves every day, and so you can't die to yourself without discipline. Mm.
0: That's good, that's good, man, uh, I got to brag on you again, sorry, I feel like it's you give wisdom, then I brag on you real fast, um, <laughs> there's, I've got my, um, my Michael Hyatt full focus planner, I've bragged about that on here in the past, in the back, man, I've got this personal mission statement, And, um, that's been a way that I've disciplined myself and to make sure that I am, it's that whole idea of, all right, when people are at my funeral someday, what are they going to say about me? Is it going to, it's not gonna be my accomplishments. It's not gonna be anything like that. It's going to be who I am. And, um, man, the first thing is something that first, like number one, it's gotta, gotta stay. Number one is something that you've instilled in me just through, again, just through being around you, even indirectly. And that's bring it back to the word. Um, dude, I, I love the way that, man, it's none of this, none of this, what we're talking, I know we're talking about discipleship, but man, like even your disciplines, the way you're eating, the way that you're, you're drinking, the way that you're just living life, it's all coming back to the word. So man, I, I think that's so good. Just the way that we, we need to discipline ourselves. And that's, you're right. That's going to carry over, you know, the way that we're choosing to deny fast food is going to be the same way that we choose to discipline ourselves to wake up early in the morning and spend that time with the Lord. So I think Dude, I I think that's incredible. So, uh, man, I I think another way that you have just modeled this is in such a pragmatic, practical way where there's so many things right now. I'm gonna have to go back to this episode and just take notes and re-listen to some of this because I know that we can all benefit uh, from some of the things that we're talking about here. I'd love to move on to this next section of the podcast that's called Put Me On. We'd love to hear what you're on right now. Um, Any books, any podcast, anything that is just that you're on right now. Um, would love to be able to pass that along to other people.
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I've I've been burnout a little bit with uh, Christian authors, and, and I shouldn't say burnout. I I just like to hear from the secular world as well, yeah. and so the Bible every day. So I'm I'm on the Bible. That's that's first. Like I, I don't think anything should be read more in my life than God's inerrant, flawless double-edged sword word yep. like there's nothing that I should be digesting and ingesting more but with that yeah. said one book I just currently read that was phenomenal on discipline was Jocko and Extreme Ownership former yeah. U.S. Navy yeah. SEAL and it's funny you were just talking about discipline because he he also like he's got a whole groupie of people that are getting up with him at like 4 a.m. setting their clocks and I'm like and they're not even getting up to spend time with the Lord they're just yeah. getting up to be discipline and their motive is just to be disciplined. So I'm like, man, what if you had even a greater motive that could be intimacy with the Lord? Uh, Another book that I just connected with an author is Daniel Coyle. He wrote two books, culture code and talent code. And I'm burning through talent code right now. And it is fascinating. Um, Just, he taught, he just explores these talented individuals and areas of the world they come from and what makes it unique about that environment uh, in the last couple of months, I burned through Malcolm Gladwell's book, outliers and tipping point. Um, so I just been fascinated with, with some of that idea, uh, from a spiritual perspective, I actually got on the shelf, uh, Win the day by Mark Batterson.
0: Yeah.
1: And so about, um, I am, I am going to buzz through that. And then a friend of mine just told me about this, that I'm excited to read. This is, uh, Jim Gray's talking mm-hmm. to goats and it's all the greatest athletes. Uh, Muhammad Ali, Jordan Tiger, all of them and what made them great. And, and as you and I know, as believers, man, it's so cool, all these goats, but but we know who the greatest of all time is. Yeah, there's there's no arguing who the one and only goat is. There's one king of kings. Sorry, yeah. King James, there's one <laughs> king that sits on that throne. And so, uh, that's what I'm on right now. Those are the books I've been burning through, and uh, I love to read, I've been reading so uh, yeah. they've been, they've been influencing me and just challenging my thinking and, and how I am as a coach and a, and a leader of link here. So
0: dude, so good. I'm going to be going to buy those today. A couple of those, um, that one talking to goats, man, I'm, I'm so fascinated with, again, what happens behind the scenes? What happens when nobody's looking? What are the rhythms? What are the the habits? What's happening? You know, what's taking place when nobody's looking that's setting these guys up for success. Um, dude, you'll so be, awesome. you'll be fascinated with talking to the goats then. That's, that's okay. all the behind the scenes we never got to see dude, that's going to be the first one I buy. So good. So good, man. I wish I had like five hours to talk to you. Honestly, every time, even just our like 10 minute phone call the other day, man, I always leave just feeling encouraged, feeling blessed, feeling just a a deeper desire to pursue Jesus. So I just want to make sure you know that that's, that's the impact you've had on my life and that you continue to have on, on my life. And I'm sure so many others. Um, so man, I'm so grateful. And again, I wish I'd love to have a full episode of us just going through some of your coined phrases, um, ones that I've <laughs> stolen for, for coaching and for teaching. Another one that I've stolen, uh, I got to coach um, a middle school B team this year and ton of fun. But of course, the phrase that I had to steal was cheat now, cheat on your wife, making sure that every kid is behind the line. I use that, man. When I was a college basketball player, I was five feet behind the line because I was like, I'm making sure coaches seeing that I'm way behind the line. I'm not cheating in any way. Um, you know, definitely trying to instill that in my players. So, man, I'd love for you to write a book or just a mini thing of just all your little like <laughs> all the quotes that I hear you use all the time because um, they're all so good and they've stuck with me over time, man. So uh, you're the man. Oh, you know, I I did write a book. I just don't have all my sayings in it separate book, mini book. Yeah. Win by two, right? We need to
1: plug yeah, that yeah. today. I did, I did, We did, we did get a uh, win by two out there, but it doesn't have all the things. That's just more of a true story of discipleship. There you go. That I mean, it's, we it's a story of discipleship coming along somebody right where they're at and where they're at. And yeah.
0: So dude, I'm buying that one today. That's one I've been meaning to get on the Amazon list. So you need, there we go. You
1: need to jump on that one.
0: Dude, that'll be my next one. I have a, and I need to apologize to you, man. So what I love to do on this podcast is say, hey, what are you on right now? And let's let's go there. And today, I think I kind of took over where I was like, man, discipleship's been on my heart and I know you're just really good at it. Um, so I hope I didn't steal your thunder today by like being like, hey, let's go here, um, because that's what's been on, on my heart. So win by two is going to be something that I pick up right away. Um, but yeah, that's been a unique part of this episode. Usually it's been you tell me what's on your heart. And uh, today I kind of, I kind of stole that from you. So I apologize, but I I know that you are
1: uh, always on my heart. Discipleship is always on my heart.
0: So, mm. and I know that enough from being around you enough. So, well, dude, I just want to say thanks for being on. Thanks for taking time to jump on the podcast. And I know that so many people are going to be blessed by, by just hearing your words and um definitely going to point them to follow you on social media and, anything that you ever put out i've literally searched your name in the podcast app I found the one with jeff befke you know like i'm like anything donia is doing man i want to follow it i want to be on it and i didn't. i anybody else listening you need to do the same um dude let's let's get you back down here to hilton head soon
1: i'd love it man i know my wife would love it too
0: heck so. yeah dude i'm gonna shoot Appreciate you some dates you, today man. yeah Appreciate you too you man for having me on hmm. anytime man Awesome. I just want to say thank you for joining us today on the deep work podcast for any links show notes or any additional resources mentioned in today's episode, go check out my Instagram page. It's spelled the same way that you're seeing it now. And uh, you can find all that in the bio. I want to encourage you to keep up with and follow Adam Donier. Anything that's got his name on it is going to be incredible. Go pick up win by two, go follow link If you know any hoopers, they need to be at Linkier If they're uh, to that caliber. Lastly, if you're enjoying the deep work podcast, It would help us out big time if you would rate, subscribe, and share. And we will see you next Monday for our next episode on the Deep Work Podcast.